This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are listening to AVFC Extra, a no-nonsense look at the club we all love. Brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of AVFC Extra. Bit of a special one today because uh, we weren't actually planning on doing many of these until the new year due, just due to the congestion. But after what happened at um, the London Stadium for Villa against West Ham, Dan, we couldn't not interview a guest, very special guest. I've always thought if I could speak to a referee about VAR and the state of it, what would I ask? So I managed to dig through my old contact phone book and found Mark Halsey, uh, the Premier League referee, that you said he spanned three decades as a career True. as a referee, but that was from 99 to 2013. So almost almost 15 years at the top level of English football, uh, he refereed whilst uh, Dion Dublin dropped the nut on Robbie Savage. Always fun to talk about that. Um, and also we asked him his opinion on some of the things that uh, have happened with Aston Villa and VAR in the last 12 months or so, 18 months, um, starting all the way back to Crystal Palace and that decision with Jack Grealish right up until West Ham uh, on Monday night. It's not all about Aston Villa though, it's more just a conversation about the standard of refereeing, the, the state of VAR, how we fix it and we've also answered some some viewer questions as well and we are recording this intro after recording the full podcast but it was, uh, it was very good wasn't it and uh, we're not one to toot our own trumpet but it's a good episode isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was brilliant. Um, Mark's really funny. Um, you wouldn't expect him to be a referee, to be fair. Because uh, how funny <laughs> he is you just think referees go home and like give their wife a yellow card for like some rubbish. But like, like I genuinely, he was really funny. Um, yeah. There's parts in this where he's just digging us out, uh, coming back at us. You know, he's, he's got a real, real winner's personality, and you know everything he's been through, be you know his health and stuff, and you know being a referee, hard job during the time he was refereeing probably not yeah. so much now I still get the abuse and stuff but you know the you look at the years he was refereeing and the games he did the stuff he had to put up with and you know I mean stick goes back and forth but you know I think you know he, we've come out of this episode and he's, he's an absolute hero despite some of the things he may have said about Villa but like we're here to be biased and uh you know try and laugh him off but he was an absolute hero uh absolute legend it was a brilliant brilliant interview so uh really hope you enjoy it yeah, should we crack on and, and play play the V2? Yeah, uh, we're here dialing in Mark from Spain now. How are you doing, Mark? <laughs> oh, seamless, mate. Seamless. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Mark. Uh, how are you getting on, mate? It's my pleasure, guys. Um, yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. Um, you know, loving me, loving me football. We're working, working well, and working in different media outlets, and you know, obviously. Um, uh, critiquing refereeing performances Um, so yeah I I enjoy it I enjoy what I'm doing we're going to go on to some major topics about refereeing uh, later on but I think first off Mark you want to know there's a surprise (laughs) (laughs) Um, but first I think you know the important matter we want to know you you know I think we've explained your experience before you've come on but we want to know how you got into uh, officiating football matches what spurred you on well I mean obviously I I, I did play the game um, from a from a young age Um, started out in me in me junior school was a, uh, played my first game in centre midfield and wasn't that very good out on, on out on the pitch. And then my uh, school teacher perceived to put me in goal because no one else wanted to, to play there, and that's and that's where I stayed. You know, for all uh, for all my uh, career up to I, I started refereeing. You know, played um, had 
trials at numerous clubs. I was schoolboy and schoolboy forms at Tottenham and you know, went in went went into non league at Hartford, um, Cambridge City, St Albans, um, Welling Garden City, my hometown club. Um, and and you know, played there, played many years up to about the age of um about twenty eight when I think I took up I took up the whistle. And it was a good friend of mine who sadly passed away this year, um, that I, I, I played football with on a Sunday morning. Um, he, 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 he turned poacher, you know, gamekeeper poacher, or poacher gamekeeper, however you say it. Because um, <laughs> uh, um, he, he, I played behind him. He was one of the most, oh, I mean, when a referee's back was turned, he would give him an elbow in the face or he'd kick him in, you know, in the back, up the backside. And he was, he was awful. And he'd become a referee. He just kept, Mark, why don't you be, why don't you become a referee? Come become a referee. And I said, Russ, you've got absolutely no chance of me being a referee. Sorry, absolutely no chance. But you know, as, as the sun rolled on, he just kept talking to me, come and be a referee, come and be a referee. I said, well, what does it entail, Russ? What does it entail? He says, well, you have to do an eight-week course and then you, you have an exam at the end of it. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I said, I am not doing an eight-week course. No way. I said, give me the laws of the game. I'll go through the laws of the game, and then I will take the exam at the end of it. i see if that will be okay. They said, yeah, that's fine, no problem. So that's what I've done. I, I read the laws of the game, took a test, and become a referee. As easy and as that. Say, you know, you've got to be mad to be a goalkeeper, but even madder to be a referee, and that's what I've done. And I look back over my career, and uh, it was the right thing. It was the right thing to do. Um, I just thought to myself, I'll have a go at it if I'm good. Then I, I will I will progress and luckily for me, I, I, I was good. Uh, well, I like to think I like some of you guys might think I wasn't good. But, <laughs> we'll uh, get on to that. You, yeah. But what are going about the Henri goal against Arsenal with a, a bit of fun later on? But uh, no, I mean, listen, I you know I, I love I loved every every minute of it and um, yeah, you know, I took its toll in 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 some respects and in, in your private life and everything else. But listen. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed my time, and uh, you know, I just said to myself, if if I progress, then I'll carry on. If I don't progress, then I'll most probably go into whether it be coaching or or managing at uh, sort of a lower league level. Because me, me brother is a manager at Ware Football Club. They play in the Eastern League. I wanted to ask your thoughts on the kind of the prominence that, that referees have got these days. It seems that we seem to be talking about referees more and more, and that they're in the limelight. I, I feel like there should be comparisons to to what I do, video editing. You don't notice a good video edit because it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be um, brought to the attention. Do you think that's a, a, a good referee uh, I mean, performance it's, it's, if we're not talking about them? Yeah, I mean, it's very unfortunate. They, I mean, we just seem to be constantly talking about, you know, referees' performances and and and, and, and VAR and VAR was supposed to take this away. Um, but obviously, we'll get get onto that, you know, later on. It's, it, I mean. <laughs> For me, it was all about, you know, as, as a referee, uh, managing the game, managing the players, you know, engaging with the players, laughing with the players, having a joke with the players. And, you know, when you had to stamp your authority on the game, you've done it and, and players respected you for that. I mean, I, I always, I mean, I got on well with, with lots of players. And listen, we had we had arguments on the field of play. We, we, we had set-tos, we had words, you know. Shot floor language, you say, so you can't, you can't obviously say what was said on 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 this show, but uh, and that's what it's all about. It's about getting getting close and getting to know and, and being aware of what's going on around you. The little little players that have had little digs at each other before, and and you know, and just an awareness of what's going on around you. You're looking all the time, even though the ball's in play. You do get that time to look around and see what's going on, and you do hear what players are saying to each other. And it's about just nipping little things in the bud and and getting the respect to the players. I mean. 
you know, referees walk onto the field of play today and they just think, you know, sometimes they, a lot, some of them are a little bit, a bit arrogant about things and a little bit, for my liking, they're too aggressive with the players. There's no need to be aggressive nature with, with the players. And I always used to say, you know, please and thank you, you know, speak to them. And and I, I just find it to, today you, you can you can have that relationship with them on 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 the field. But you know, as I said, you know, you, you you walk onto that field of play and you think that you've got you know you should command respect straight away. It doesn't. You have to earn that respect. You've got to earn that respect with the players, and that comes with you know your your, your awareness of what's going on, picking things up, letting players know you're seeing things, your your accuracy in your decision making, and, and just picking up the little niggles that, that are going on through in the game, and letting people know you're seeing things and you you'll deal with it. So I think you know. And the accuracy of your decision making, and I think that's what gets you the respect from from the players. So it's um, it, it, listen, it's not it's not easy. It's, it's it's not easy, but it's the way you, you you conduct yourself on on the field of play. Yeah, the moment you walk into that into that stadium, into that dressing room, it's the way you conduct yourself, and it, you know, it don't cost you anything to be nice and polite and smile and, and speak with the guys before the game. Um, not so much after the game. If you know if they want to come and speak to you after the game, it's normally when they're, not, they're upset with your performance and they're kicking the dressing door down. Um, but um, no, listen. I mean, I, I I loved every minute of it, and I always used to think I got on, you know, got on well with 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 most of the players. What do you make of VAR then, Mark? Because I, I know this came in after your time in the professional game, but I think before it came in, we were all assuming it would be a massive help to referees, but it seems like there's a lot of conflicts going on and not a lot of people in general on both sides of the argument are not very happy about its uh, execution. Do you wish well, it was around when you, well, you were refing? Well, for me, um, I think VAR was a good introduction in, into football. I still I still do. I mean, uh, there's a lot of players and pundits want, want rid of it now, but I, I, you know, it's a multi-million pound business now. And it's all, all about getting a big, key decisions correct. And yes, I know we have got problems at present, but I believe implementing correctly it should work. No, 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 no. It's, it's the leadership, the direction, the management of the guys and, and the guys in the VAR bunker. And, you know, remember, VAR, the IFAB protocol, VAR is solely there for a clear and obvious error. Or a serious yeah. incident missed. Okay, mm-hmm. that is what it's there for. Not for what I think. I've, I mean, what I've been seeing so far this season. I, 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 I just sit there and I think, why, why? I'm going to bring it in now. Gresigay um, and Solly March, Bright, uh, Villa Brighton. Okay. Yeah. Now Michael Oliver gives a penalty real time straight away. I'm watching it. I'm watching it because I have to watch it for for different media outlets. Penalty. Okay. See the replay. For me, fun first replay. So still a penalty. People say, "Oh, he's got the ball." Solly March got the ball. He hasn't made. He hasn't made a chance. He hasn't got the ball. Trezeguet flick tries to flick the ball over him, and it comes on his shin. So he's not making no challenge. He's come and closing down. Trezeguet's flicked it over, and he's still caught it. Anywhere else on the field to play, it's a foul. So he happened in the penalty area. It's a foul and a penalty. Is that a clear and obvious error by the match referee? When you when you watch that game and you watch and you watch the replay, is that a clear and obvious error? No. So why has VAR got involved in that incident? It's it, it shouldn't even got involved in it. As soon as the referee goes over to that monitor, he's under pressure because I think you know, mm. 
they're being told in there, you've you got that wrong, it's most probably a good tackle, he's won the ball. So straight away, he's under pressure. I'd like to see a referee be mentally tough, mentally strong, and say, no, do you know what? I'm sticking with my original decision. Going off, off, the, off the villain's um, trail, but I'm going you know, to go to one of your neighbours at the Albion a couple of weeks ago down at um, Old Trafford, or up at Old Trafford, I should say. You know, Gallagher goes down under a challenge from, from United player. Clear penalty. David Coo, correct. Great position. Same with Michael Oliver against, against you, you know, Villains v Brighton. Great position. Straight away, gives a penalty. You see, he played. I think it's a good decision. It's a, it's a penalty. Clearly gets him. And I just don't understand why there was review. Because was that a clear and obvious error by the match referee? No, it wasn't. So why are they getting involved? And that's why we're having all, all these inconsistencies. You know, we're having all these inconsistencies. On, on penalties, on handballs, we need to hear the conversation. What is what? What, what they talk? What, what are they saying? The VAR room and the referee. We need to know. We need to be. Everybody needs to hear. Nothing to hide. So let everybody hear. Just like we're doing cricket and rugby. That's you know. I think we hear it. Yeah. In, I think they they have it in Australia as well. You can hear. So let us hear why. We've we asked the questions on Twitter before you came on. We didn't name who you were, but we said we had an ex-former Premier League referee on. What would you ask a referee if you could? So we're going to intersperse a few throughout this and we'll, we'll come to some more at the end. First person said, I've listened to ex-referees on Sky and other TV channels before. They weirdly always seem to back the decision that was given, no matter how ludicrous it looks. Why can't they ever admit when decisions are wrong? Well, listen, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, as much as I respect Dermot Gallagher, um, you know, we've worked together many, 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 for many, many years and and um, I mean, referring to Sky Sports um, Breath Watch, and you know, I, I, I must admit, I must say, I, I respect him hundred percent, but I don't have to agree with him. And, yeah, exactly. uh, I have to say, if you read my if you, if you read my columns in, in in the Sun newspaper, mm. then you know I don't um, agree with, um, with with what with what Dermot says. You got to. Re- you got to re- you got to realise as well. Dermot is also working for the PTO, so yes, I think he has to be fair to him. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's on difficult yeah. ground, you know. He's got, he's got to, you know. You need someone in there that's um, independent that can, you know, go in there and, and, and say it as it is and and, and and say it honestly, you know. But, but you know, be construct be constructive as well in in, in if they're at, when they're analysing the referee's performance. You've just mentioned the PGMOL there. Um, you said recently in a, in a piece that, that the training and coaching that referees received is substandard. You said referees need help, and if the PGMOL takes advantage of the retired referees' elite-level experience, they will get the help. It feels a bit like Stockley Parker leading the conversation and effectively re-refereeing the game. Is that the, the main problem with VAR? You know, I hear a lot of people saying now it's the worst bunch of referees we've had for a long, long time. And I, I, Listen... I do agree that the standard, you know, the standard is not what it should be at, at the elite level. I mean, we've got some, we've got some good referees. You know, Michael Oliver, Martin Atkinson, Anthony Taylor, Mike Deemore, Lothian. You know, he's very experienced. Is Dino, and um, and we've got we've got some we've got some good young ones coming through now. You know, I, I like the look of Andy Madley and and, and Pax and Kavanagh. Uh, um, but I, I'm one of these. It's like it's like. Um, you know, football coaches with, with players, good coaches turn average players into good players, good players to excellent players. It's no different with referees, no different whatsoever. And you know, if you look, if you look around, you've got some you know top class referees that are no longer in the game. We had two retire at the end of last season, Roger East and, and Lee Pro, but they're not even being used. You've got like like some yourself. 
Um, you got Howard Webb, who's who's working in, in in America now. Good friend of mine, Mark Battenberg. Now he went. He was head of the Saudi referees. Now he's head of Greek referees. Why are we not, you know, involved in our in 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 bringing our our talent on and, and taking them through? You know, we were renowned as the best best referees in Europe. And we we're, we're, we're tending to lose that tech. You know, Michael Oliver's doing his best to to get it back with with, with Anthony Taylor because obviously they're always refereeing in the Champions League. Um, but it's you know it's I, I I just think we've got a severe lack of of, of coaches that have refereed at the top level working within the PGMOL. That's 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 the problem I have at the present. A uh, bit of an awkward one now. We're going to the first uh, Villa topic, and I've already roasted you like before we. Uh, <laughs> Before we uh, started recording, Mark, so I'm sorry to dig you out again, but man, so I've got to tell a story here because this was my first game on Sky Sports. Like we didn't have Sky Sports when we was a kid, when I was a kid. So nine years old watching, well, ten years old, I think, watching Villa against Arsenal, and it's the leg- legendary Arsenal team. You know, I think Bergkamp was in it, and uh, of course Thierry Henry who belted in a beautiful free kick. Um, but my ten-year-old eyes were really upset, and I was fuming, chucking pillows across the room because it seemed to be taken before a whistle was blown. And the manager at the time, I think David O'Leary, uh, he complained about that. But uh, I think you know, to be fair, what was your take at the time? Oh, is it is it you? Is it was it you? That's, you know, every time I was fourth official behind the, the manager's box, shouting abuse at me. I do sit behind the dugout, but it's not no, me. I swear, I swear. At, at that at that moment in time, we used to say to the players in and around the box, you know, do you want to, do you want to Ten yards, you want a quick free kick. And it's, listen, it's, it's down to the defenders and the goalkeeper to, to be ready. Sure, David O'Leary was on the phone to my boss Keith Hackett after that game, and um, we we spoke about it at our next meeting. And we, we then we decided that um, any free kicks in and around the box, then we wouldn't allow the quick. We wouldn't allow quick free kicks. So on a ceremonial free kick, we would not allow a quick free kick. We'd, we'd get the ball back. You know, ten yards, nine point one five meters, and then you know, make sure the goalkeeper was ready, and then away, away we go. And that was but up to up till then. That's what we used to do. We used to we used to do that. So after that game, it changed after that game. So sorry about that. So I'll take it on the chin, am I? Just going back to the the manager's comments, or even a player's. Have you ever heard? Have they ever said anything after a game that's affected you in a way that you've you've been wary in your next game and thought, oh, I don't want to make another mistake, or you, next time you go and referee Villa, you're thinking, oh, David O'Leary might have a go at me here. Does that have a lasting effect or not? Yeah, but we're human, and um, we do we do make mistakes. The game's so quick today, and yeah, listen, managers have their say. I've had I've had. I've had uh, words with managers that you haven't seen going down the tunnel that people don't see, and you know we've had words together. It, it, it's a, but yeah, and it, it does hurt when you when you do make a make a, a major error. It does hurt you. You know, you you, you don't you, you're just sick in the stomach, and you you know when you go, you don't like eating, and you you look at you play it back through your mind. How did you make that mistake? You look at the DVD, you go away, and you you know was I lethargic? Was I not up with play? Did I not you know was not anticipating? was not moving in right there and yeah and then you just gotta you know you make a mistake you learn from it and you have to park it and you, and you move on and the best referees that's what and that's what they've done yeah listen you, you manage it into your head but you as i say you've got to be mentally tough and mentally strong and, and, and get on with it you know you make a mistake you've got to forget about it you know especially if you've got you know you do it in the first 10 15 minutes because you, you you the players let you know or you know if you walk off at half time you generally get told that made a mistake there mark you know that by the you know the the, the the floor manager from the tv company so but and it's very difficult you just got to you got to forget that put it one side and, and 
carry on with the game. I mean, you must have a lot of memories that stick out about refereeing games. We've already brought one up with Henri. But I think another Villa one that sticks out, of course, is that Second City derby, famous for all the wrong reasons. Robbie Savage, Dion Dublin, tell us more. Uh, what, what a game that was. I mean, you know, West, West, West Midlands derby, you know, it's, it's, it was a huge game, wasn't it? It's a full house at... at um, at, at Villa and I think Graham Taylor was the manager on, on that one Graham Taylor and, and Steve Bruce um, listen I, feel, I mean it, it started off at 100 mile now the challenge is going in and but yeah, listen it was uh, I, I mean it was just one of the things I mean I think everyone was applauding Dion for what, for what he'd done but obviously <laughs> you know I'm a, I was a player for um, you know for, for uh, I was a referee for like engine player, not showing too many yellow red cards because I'd like to think I keep twenty two players on the pitch. But that incident, you just cannot manage. And when when Dion sort of headbutted Robbie, I had nowhere else to go, nowhere else to go. And I'm still I still think Dion's not forgiving me to this day because I think he's mentioned me on Homes and a Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So next up, I want to I want to run through some clips. Uh, we're not going to have to show them on the podcast for obviously copyright reasons. We don't own the footage, but we can show them to you privately and then ask you questions about them afterwards. The first one was August 2019, where Villa was scrapping for every point at the start of a Premier League season. And uh, I can't remember who the referee was. Oh, of course, I can. Kevin Friend. How could I forget? Uh, rules that Jack Grealish dived and we don't score a late equaliser. Yeah, listen, it's, 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 it's difficult. Uh, would have been interesting if... Um, no, I think VAR was there, wasn't it? I mean, I, 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 I mean, when I saw that, I thought it was, I thought it was a penalty. I thought, he's, I thought he's cool. I thought he's cool, um, Grealish. Um, you know, wonderful talent, wonderful player. I mean, uh, just going back to watching him um, the other night, um, where was it? Uh, West Ham. I think sometimes, I mean, listen, he's a wonderful player, but the manner he goes down, um, sometimes, you know, you think it, do think he's sort of trying, you know, trying to simulation. I just, I just think if he looked at sometimes the way he go in the manner he goes down, if he just changed that a little bit, I think he, you know, it, I think he perhaps get a lot more decisions go 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 his way. But do you think Jack has to go down in that way because he's fouled so often? If he did try and stay on his feet more, he wouldn't get the free kicks he does, and that's almost that he's not being treated fairly well, by a referee. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I mean, he got. I mean, personally, I think he got the player cautioned on on Monday night. Was there hmm. was there any contact? Was it a minimal contact? Did he need to go down in that manner? Had he not? Yeah, I agree down, with that. I, I believe it. I'd be. I believe you most probably would have just got the free kick and nothing else, and no, you know, no. Caution for the West Ham player. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard for players, but that you know, I just think if he could just stay on his feet a bit more, he perhaps will get a few more decisions. Yeah, you know, it's about talking with them and, and letting them know. I mean, I I, I remember this. I I, I, went to, um, I remember going refereeing a game at, at Villa. It was against Southampton, and it was nil nil. Jay, Jay Rodriguez went down in the box. It, you know, from where from my position, it looks a clear clear penalty. Give a penalty. No one, no one said anything. No one, everyone else thought it was a penalty. Everyone else thought it was a penalty. Okay, everyone. So I I give a penalty. Go Walking off at half-time, nothing said. Coming out at half-time for the second half, all the Villa players, and he's, he's dived. We've not touched him. I said, not touched him. I said, it looks a clear penalty to me. No one moaned to me in the first half. So I've seen it now from a different angle. Well, hang on a minute. I don't get those angles. And of course, um, Paul Lambert was going ballistic. At me, uh, you know, in, uh, after the game because they lost 
blimey or that penalty banging on my door kicking my door down and then we had this discussion we agreed to disagree and, and we and, and he went away but when I saw it on, on later on on match of the day because obviously you want to you want to watch it you want to see it um, and, and the pundits watched it and they said in real time first of all they thought it was a clear penalty but then when they saw it from a different angle from behind the goal he was anticipating the, the, the contact and went down so I I, I remember refereeing um, uh, Jay Rodriguez about three weeks later at um, Swansea and we were in the tunnel and I went up to him I went hey you let me down big time didn't you down at Villa a few weeks ago hey you let me down going down like that I said you go down like that today and I will, I will, I will have you today I'll tell you now I will have you today <laughs> Don't you dare go down in that manner again today. And he went, Mark, Mark, honestly, I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It was like, I thought I was expecting the contact. Yeah, well, it made me look a rightful, didn't you? We've got an absolute doozy for you now, Mark. We've got a really, really, really good one. This is the goal, um, I guess, if you think the match ends in the 45th minute, this is the goal that kept Villa up. Well, the quote-unquote goal. It's a phantom goal um, during Villa versus Sheffield United where Oyan Nealand Catches the ball, he catches a cross, um, kind of falls over his line, but it's covered by so many bodies. This is the explanation that it didn't pick up on Hawkeye. Technology, it's, um never thought it would fail, but it has on this situation. But for me, the assistant referee has got to see that. He has to see that. And he should be alerting Michael Oliver to um, that it's gone over. Oh, it's never happened before, so they're thinking perhaps it hasn't gone in because of their because of the watches. As soon as it goes in, the watch flashes a goal and they get it in their ear. It, it, mm. It's a goal, but... So there must have been something that you know the players' reaction when they you know they've all gone away, they've all run away. You can clearly see, but I know it's that, that you know it's it's the goal line technology and why. But on that situation, surely VARs are back up, and they're watching that. And they know that's a goal straight away, and they should be telling Michael in his ear that listen, that that's a goal. It's a goal. It's a goal because you can see straight. Away. We saw straight away watching it on the replays. But listen. It's, it's just one of those things and I just thought yeah you know blame Hawkeye but I think VAR's got to take responsibility for that as well Interestingly this goes back to that Terry Henry and Graham Taylor thing because that argument back then was the referee has far too much power and now you look at that and you're like the referee's got no power he was almost powerless in that situation because the technology relies on it didn't work It's, it's difficult I mean when, 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 when the watch when the watch is saying no goal and the assistant's not said anything and yeah, it is. It is difficult. You're thinking, well, it's not. It's not telling me it's a goal. It's not telling me. So you know, your mind's working. You, and the VAR could have could have um, rectified that that error, that Hawkeye error, in my opinion. Well, this is the thing, isn't it, about about VAR? If it's supposed to be clear and obvious, you look at that Sheffield United uh, ghost goal, and as a Villa fan, I look at that and go, yes, of course we got away with one. Of course that was a goal. VAR should step in there and say that was a clear and obvious error. Goal to Sheffield United. On the other hand, Monday night, Villa uh, ruled out uh, what I think is a yes. He's offside, Ollie Watkins by his shirt sleeve, whatever. But the, the margins are so fine that wasn't a clear and obvious error. But VAR does get involved in that circumstance, and that's what I think fans don't like that that inconsistency between decisions. With offside, it's it's a matter it's a matter of fact. It took two and a half minutes, two and a half minutes to dis, you know to put those lines where they are. Or where they want them to be, you sort you can make come to any decision you want if you're taking two and a half, three minutes. You can make it look as offside as you want. Um, in those situations, when it takes that when it takes that long, for me, it's it's, it's a goal. If you can't, you I mean, we, I was watching the, the, the you watch you watch the games. I was watching Brighton Liverpool on Saturday. The Mane offside. You, you as soon as you saw the replay, you saw he was just offside. Okay, so 
with with the one with Watkins on on Monday, you, you, you can tell offside is a matter of fact. But on those situations where it takes that long, for me, their goals. And, and 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 to be fair, yeah, they've changed the law. They've changed the you know the law. You know, only the part of the body that you can score with, you can you can be offside. So your arm, you can't be offside. But it hits your armpit, you can be offside. Well, that is absolutely nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. I mean, all my years of football, I've never seen a goal score with an armpit. Have you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It, it needs it needs changing. You can't have that. If you cannot tell first or second replay, he's offside. I think everybody would accept that. I think every player manager in the game would accept that. You know, if he's if he's a yard or he's a, a two feet offside, you tell you see it straight away. You see it straight away. The point with VAR, though, is that the video footage can't identify the, the precise millisecond where the ball is struck. If you're thinking about frames per second and stuff like that from a video point of view, how fast a ball is kicked could be a blur on a screen. So where do you pause it to say where the ball was kicked anyway? 3D lines on a 2D image, it just, it does, the technology seems to be so advanced, but it doesn't work correctly. Well, we know, we know that the technology is not 100%. Um, so, you know, we need, you know when, when the actual ball's kicked... To when that movement's made, and as we saw, you know, we couldn't. As we saw on on uh, on on Monday, you know, has has that has that player just moved just as the ball or just after or just before? I mean, we, it's not telling us that. But one thing we do know is that that the defence then put um, Watkins just, just well. Armpit offside. So we, we. I mean, before before VAR, we always used to give the benefit of the doubt to the attackers, and that that that's just gone now with 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 VAR and offside being factual. We're in the entertainment business, and we're seeing far too many goals chalked out when they shouldn't be on those situations. James, you're on mute this time, James. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to make the best audio possible. You guys are red card because I'm sure you lot. You don't know what (laughs) you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Oh, there's a song I could sing back for it. The debate about VAR, it's, it seems to be, is it being used by PGMOL to mask the fact that refereeing standards have descended further than they ever have? I mean, in, in the course of this conversation, we went from kind of these. You know, let referees that we, we look back as almost like legendary now, like they're figures of the game that have, you know, had such an impact and are, you know, no longer involved in the, the match day action. And now we have the, the, the technology coming in. Is is it just too easy of an excuse, you think, to use to just use VAR as a, a massive mask over it all? If I was refereeing today, I would want to I would want to get those key, big key match decisions correct. You you want to you wouldn't want to be recommending for review all the time. Um, so I, I think the referees, you know, deep down um, would want to get those big decisions right, but. I think I think we've seen it. I think we see it with the assistants, where they're not going to come in and, and, and help the help the referee on those big decisions because they know they've got the backup of VAR. They're not going to guess. They're they're not going to guess. You, you know, if if you're if you're guessing, then nine times out of ten you're going you're going to get it wrong. So um, I'd rather not guess and, and, and be wrong than guess than get it wrong. If you're not sure, you don't give it. End, end of, and that's how I went through my career. All, 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 you know, through my career, um, I wasn't sure. 
then I wouldn't give it. If I wasn't 110% with a penalty incident, I wouldn't give it. I've got one final question to end on, Mark, and we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast this afternoon. It's been a, it's been a, a really enjoyable chat. My final question is, are you glad that you're retired and no longer a Premier League referee? Yeah, listen, I, mean, I, had, I, had, a, I had a great career. I think... Um, I think I could have. I think I could have carried on for possibly. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people stay involved because because of the money. Um, there's a few factors that why why I sort of um, stopped stopped refereeing, and one was me, me body just me, me body gave up. I think um, you know I've been through um, you know battling cancer um, three years previous before I retired, and I think you know it took it took it took its toll on me with chemotherapy and radiotherapy. And I think that um, you know my my body just you know, three years on it just just couldn't take the the um, this you know the, the the training every day the rigmarole of, of of getting up going training working hard running um, keeping fit and keep me body keep myself in shape to to run up and down the football pitch and I think it was just telling me Mark it's it's um, your body I can't take anymore it's had enough. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think the second half of the 2012-13 season sort of brought it home to me. That, um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I was in the dressing room times thinking, thinking um, I'm not, oh, I don't really want to go out the second half. I can't, I, you know, I just, I just don't want to go out anymore. I don't want to go out and referee this second half. And I think well, that was then my body telling me, Mark, now's the time to uh, to, to walk away. You've had a great career. I've really enjoyed my career. Had some great moments, some great memories, made some great friends. And, um, and you know, that. Uh, and people say, oh, Mark, you, you're a long time retired, but... You know, I was told if you go on too long, and then people say, "Ah, oh, Mark Halsey, yeah, he was a good referee, but he just went on, you know, he went on too long, and uh, his, his credit, his credibility went down, and his, you know, his credibility went out the window." So, yes, I'd love to be involved in in coaching and, and helping the the, the 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 referees at the, the the top. I think I've got a lot to offer. Um, I think it's about managing the guys. I think it's about it's like it's, it's no different to managing players. You know, there are some players. Um, that need a little bit of loving. There's some players that need to kick up the backside, and referees no different. You know, it's about knowing the the guys you can kick up the backside, and it's knowing the players that need needed a cuddle and a bit of loving. And I think if we showed a lot of our players or a lot of our referees a bit of loving, like I think if I was showed to, towards the end of my career, who knows? I may have stayed on for another season or two, but I, I didn't. I didn't get that loving, and, and obviously my body sort of was was starting to pack up and. Um, but no, listen. I had a I had a great career and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And and you know, people still stop and, and speak to me and ask me about you know you know about my career and different different things that went on in my career. So yeah, listen. I, as I say, now I'm enjoying what I'm doing, doing lots of podcasts, a lot lot of things, talking to you guys. Uh, although you don't know what I'm doing, um, but no, it's uh, it's uh, it, yeah. You know, as I say, I do a lot of work with. Um, in the media now and I, I enjoy it to be fair perfect mark thank you so much for uh spending your, your afternoon with us and uh talking us through all these refereeing decisions and of course having a, a laugh about the villa i'll have to get you on again time to uh dig you out about thierry Henry, and i uh, just make you go through it all again <laughs> but uh, thank you so much I've, I've enjoyed talking to you guys and all you villains out there stay safe and um 
have a merry merry Christmas and remember it doesn't cost you anything to be polite and smile and be friendly to one another likewise a lovely lovely message to end the podcast on uh, yeah like Jane says maybe we'll get you on if there's another contentious VAR decision for Aston Villa which undoubtedly there will be uh, so thank you very much for your, for your time Mark thanks everyone for tuning in and listening and we'll see you again in a few days time with a, another brand new episode Thank you for listening to AVFC Extra, an additional dose of Aston Villa content for you, brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast team. If you enjoyed the episode, please do get in touch with us, get involved in the comment sections, tweet us at Claret Blue Pod, or leave us a review on iTunes. We really do appreciate it. We'll catch you again very soon with some more content. Until then, up the villa. Yeah.